she's pouring from the sky, stash some chips up, no fear of missing out, I'm about to dip and flip, what, now pump it up and double up is what we hit, what, 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 this is it, what, Satoshi's pouring from the sky, stash some chips up, no fear of missing out, I'm about to dip and flip, what, now pump it up and double up is what we hit, what, Welcome to 21ism.com, the sound culture renaissance. We curate, craft, and amplify Bitcoin-inspired creativity. We do this through art, design, word, code, music, video, and memes. Featuring in our design category this month is Voltage Goat. I don't know if you've seen her Bitcoin tickers on Twitter, but they are jaw-droppingly gorgeous. They are seriously, seriously beautiful. And uh, yeah, if you haven't seen them, check them out. Made out of old Russian radio valves and in old perspex sort of uh, vintage cases. They are something else. And I like them so much. I've bought one for my studio here and I can't wait to get my hands on one of them. Mining this block is uh, self-banked and I really look forward to getting stuck into this. Enjoy. CQ. Great to meet you in VR space. <laughs> Where are you right now, by the way? Like in terms of location or VR? Yeah, in terms of location, just generally. Uh, in we're in terms the of West Coast area. West Coast. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. How's your weekend been? It's been a little bit chaotic. Every day has been chaotic with this whole pandemic going on. So we're just kind of yeah. making the best of it. <laughs> it's been really stressful in multiple yeah. ways. So It's been really weird, hasn't it? And, and so things have started to relax a bit more here uh, just over the past couple of weeks. But even then, it's quite an adjustment just in your head to adapt to things beginning to normalize. <laughs> it's, it's, all, yeah, it's, it's, it's all a head fuck. It is. I haven't. I, I usually go home and see my family at least three times a year because they're on the opposite side of the coast, and I haven't been there in two years. And my grandfather's turning like ninety eight this year, and it's really difficult because it's like, you know, I don't want to miss him not being there. So I'm going to hopefully try and get back there this year and fix yeah. that because it's definitely super tragic. Yeah, ninety eight. Well, you're going to have to go back and see him asap. Yeah, for that sure. That would be cool. <laughs> And so is he still um, active? Is he still, uh, he's still got his wits about him? Um, well, my grandmother died like a couple of years ago. So ever since that happened, he's kind of been like a couch potato, understandably, because they've been yeah. married for like 70 plus years. So it's been interesting Goodness watching me. him be like this super active, incredible person to like not doing anything. It's It's really sad, actually, because he was in the the war and all this other stuff and he would always go home and start gardening immediately and start doing house things now he just doesn't do much of anything so we tried to keep him occupied even with this whole stuff going on and it's been proven to be a little bit more challenging than normal mm. because of his age so it's yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's such an impressive age like he, that that guy's seen it all right i mean wow yeah yeah World War II, he would have been active, actively involved, he said. 
Yeah, I keep trying to get him to tell me stories about it just so I could like put it on record and like share yeah. it with the internet. But, you know, he, he, I understand why he doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> but I think it, hopefully I could get him to talk about it a, a little bit, at least maybe do like a Reddit AMA or something like that and have people ask him questions and kind of keep him busy. So <laughs> be great, great to talk to him about the Bitcoin thing as well, maybe too. I don't know. I mean, he's he probably understands sound money a lot more than most people do nowadays. <laughs> he calls it the Bitcoin thing like all the other old people do. It's actually kind of adorable. <laughs> cool. So um, I, I don't do any kind of intro thing. It's great to meet you and it's great to hear about your story a bit more. I love the products that you've been producing um, and that you can get on the site. And so those neons are just incredible. Um, oh, thanks. That one ordered. How long have you been making these things? Um, I actually started in my parents' basement back in like 2000 and 2009. And then I kind of have been a little bit all over the place. I've been living in like at least half a dozen states since then. I've always wanted to do something. I'm a very tangible person. I like to touch things. I like to feel like yeah. the fabric of stuff. And it's just like when I came into this space there at the time, there really just wasn't anything that you can touch it, you could hold other than yeah. a Cassasis coin. And yeah. I'm very much like a cyberpunk person. Um, so the first thing that kind of came to my head was doing designs for neon signs. And then mm -hmm. long story short, years later, I met somebody and now we both make these cool electronic things that take up way more time than I care to admit to. It's just like... It's, it's just so much time that takes up. I can't. I, we've actually had to like turn orders off on the store because as much as I really yeah. want to supply people with these cool things that we do, it's just the two of us and we're literally working out of like a two car garage. So it's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's And so it, it must feel a little bit like um, the early Mac days, just, uh, you know, the two Steves working out the back of the garage at the moment, right? You guys uh, have a lot of demand. Yeah, but the problem is, is a lot of this is like physical demand. It's not even like something you could get mass manufactured in China, especially no. for like the, the tickers and stuff like that. It's all like hand coded in the wedges that we did. We 3D print those and we sand them down and then we stain them and then we assemble the electronics and make sure they look nice and they test them. And the Nixies, stuff like that, that comes from like the 50s and 60s, right? So it's yeah, all beautiful. from the Ukraine and Russia and it comes from is like... It? old submarines and we repurpose those yeah into other ah. things but you still have to do the boards and you have to put the chips on the boards and put them in the oven and chips are like this big you know you can't even <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah it's kind of a process and the wow so you've got the rockets you've got the nixies which are those kind of valve kind of ticker board things right yes and You've got the signage as well. You've got those beautiful old school, we accept kind of Bitcoin signs. Yes. Actually, the rockets take up the most time because we have to strip them and you can't just strip them in the sandblaster. They use like a vinyl material so it doesn't come off very well. So we have to use like industrial strength stripping material, which means I have to get suited up for that. And if it gets on your skin for like longer than three seconds, it's basically like a third degree burn so it's like it's it's they're all really high maintenance stuff and mm -hmm. I try to tell people to kind of be patient with it because it's not something that happens overnight it's really like I have to do them all at once to get them out 
at one time. Otherwise, it'll just take forever. And it's a huge health risk to everybody. So <laughs> it's... Cool. Well, I mean, let's um, let's take just the, one of the items at the moment, like these kind of tickers that you've got. So there's a series of some valves, which you said they're repurposed from, what was they that you come, said? They come from like old submarines, the Nixie tubes, uh, old wow. calculators, old war rooms, I guess. I don't know what you would call them over in Ukraine or Russia, but they used to be used in old mechanical stuff. And people just started selling them or throwing them out because that's technology isn't used anymore. And, mm. you know, it's like, how do you repurpose something like that other than what they used to be? And now mm. we use them for tickers because A, they're actually filled with real neon gas. B, they look super awesome and they have like a steampunk feel to it. Yeah. And C, it's super cypherpunk. So we put all those together and it's kind of like something freaking awesome that sits on your desk so. it is freaking awesome it's art um and so each of them has an inert noble gas in them right actually it's filled with neon and there's different plates that are lined up on top okay. of each other and they're separated by ceramic so depending on where the electricity hits on the board that it the neon is kind of attracted to that certain digit so when that happens we use arduino based systems to trigger through an API depending on what pin is being activated at that time to kind of attract that gas to that digit, which will light it up, which is it's essentially the short version of how it works. It's a little complicated. I'm having my yeah. a little bit of trouble getting my head around it all. So you, you're able to update the the numeral inside of the tube on a, a, a second by second sort of basis, right? Yes, it's, we used to have it so it would update every couple of minutes, but then we found that Binance was able to update every second. So we changed right. it to that. Um, I could send you a picture later of the breakdown of like what actually a tube looks like on the inside, like with the layers separated. Cool. You might have a better idea of kind of what I'm talking about. We got plenty of those laying around broken tubes. <laughs> so you were able to make the tube display a numeral just by some circuitry with the Arduino board. Yeah, I don't have a model in 3D space, otherwise I would show you, no. but on the on the back of like the tube, there's different pins that stick out and each okay. one of those pins are connected to the tube that's on the inside for the digit. So when that pin is triggered on the outside, that digit is lit up, essentially. Wow. Yeah. And so what was your first kind of product that you guys launched? Um... Together or before we met? <laughs> I guess before. And, and so how did it start with the neon Bitcoin things? What was the first of the items that that happened? Yeah, the Bitcoin neon sign happened first for all this. And that was because I was in New York at the time and I lived in the city. I'm like walking around. Actually, mm. let's start from the beginning. I actually found Bitcoin because I was out in the Pirate Bay looking for software to be hosted by them at the time and they wanted Bitcoin. I was like, oh, what the hell is this shit? I don't know what the hell Bitcoin is. <laughs> so that's how the whole rabbit hole started to begin with. Pirate Rebel, all this other stuff. I don't do that yeah. anymore. I buy my software now. <laughs> but um, yeah, and that's how I initially found out about Bitcoin and they wanted Bitcoin as payment to host software for a website gotcha. and stuff like that. So yeah, being in New York, at some point I was walking around and I'm like looking at all these neon signs and I'm like, why is there nothing for Bitcoin out here? Does anybody even know what this is? So I was like, fuck it. 
I'll go do something cool. So I posted on Reddit a couple of like mock-up sketches to see if there would even be any interest on there. And yeah. I got some feedback on that. Then I posted on Bitcoin Talk. And actually I had the community fund like the first two batches on Bitcoin Talk for the signs. So there's like pictures out there floating around of like generation one signs. Uh, when like was this exactly? It. This was mm, in... Uh... I'd have to look up the date. I actually have the thread I could send you. Cool. But it, there's there's like pictures of the signs floating around in front of like Lambos and in people's basements and in front of houses and stuff like that. It's actually kind of insane. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. it is the iconic neon Bitcoin sign, right? The, the one that you always see on the internet if you search for Bitcoin. I mean, it's just, it seems to have been there forever. Yeah, we've that iterated was on it a little bit, but yes, that was that was me back That's in the day. That's amazing. <laughs> And you can now buy them. It's $299, right, for the yes. Bitcoin sign. Is that correct? That seems yeah. very reasonable. Yeah, we we don't make them anymore, like, by hand. It's just, like, too much. There is a lot of work that goes into glass bending, and it's mm. not like we have the time to make each individual sign ourselves. So we do get a little bit help with that from people that we know. But we try to keep it reasonable because if it's too high, nobody's going to want it. And if it's... You know, we want people to have it regardless if they're using it for a storefront or a man cave type of thing. So it's one of those. Yeah. yeah uh, and, and so what is the size of the sign in terms of like the height? I think the current ones is 18 by 18. But the old ones used to be 32 by 26 or some weird shape. Um, really? With these little ones actually are a little bit more manageable because they don't break in shipping and they're actually taking up less space on the wall and most people are like in an apartment anyway these days so it's mm. like uh, it, it, you don't have that room to put a huge sign up to begin with so i'm i'm, I'm looking to get one uh i run a little kind of cafe bar thing so we we tried to accept some bitcoin a while ago and with strike being launched in the uk soon i think we'll sort of give it another big push and give people a reduction to use a uh, kind of strike to make their bill payment. So um, cool. I, th I think a little sort of neon sign in the window would be <laughs> would be just awesome. So I'm going to get one ordered. I have a buddy in the UK. His name is Zeke. He does some really cool art stuff. I'm not sure if he has a Bitcoin out there, but I know he has a couple of the other ones that we do out there. And I let him handle all that stuff. So if you don't want to deal with the hopefully international stuff, I could hook you up with him and he'll get you sorted out. <laughs> but, no, I mean, that's something I needed to us because the power supply for your ones is an American power supply, isn't it? Yeah. So yours is 220 and ours is 120. So you would need a step yeah. down converter, which makes your power yeah. go down. In order so it might be better on. to speak to your sort of local sort of guy distributor here. You think? I don't, I don't know what he has left. Um, I do speak to right. him every now and then, but um, we we could get probably a 220 and just install it for you here. If it really boiled down to it, it's not a huge deal. It's pretty easy to do. Cool. Yeah. Uh, great. And so you've got that one, which I imagine is quite a hot potato in terms of your products. They're every now and then. Um, people come in, they don't really, they kind of browse for the most part and usually add something then kind of go and come back um but yeah it's it depends because look at the whole pandemic in the last two years not many mm. people have a brick and mortar place anymore <laughs> so it's, it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah it's every, yeah. everything is changing yeah everything is changing um there's the tickers that we've talked about 
There's the neon signs for shop fronts. You also do more customized kind of neon signs like for the huddle. Yeah, the huddle ones are mostly for consumers because some people just like to get on the, the memes lulls, you know, so that's kind of like where that was going. We yeah. actually had that sign originally be a hybridized type of thing to where there was a ticker inside of it so that you could actually put that on your desk and look at the price of Bitcoin. But it kind of became like this huge hassle. So we unfortunately had to stop doing that because of everything else that was going on and all these other orders that are coming in. It was just one of those things that we had to put on the chopping block but yeah it's like a little display that sits on your desk and it doesn't take up mm -hmm. very much space it's for kind of like the consumerist person who doesn't really need something big but kind of wants to feel like they're a part of you know the space a little bit and it gives off a nice little light too it doesn't blind you in the middle of the night or anything it's just kind of just chilling there in the background so and there's a bit of a kind of color variation to some of them as well right so which ones to the signs and to the tickers? Um, each individual one has like their own set color to them, but in terms okay. of variety, yeah, they all have like their own theme of color that they kind of stick to. Like cool. the neon for the Bitcoin has its orange palette and the ATM one has its cyberpunk palette. And we try and I'm very much a visual designer, so I try to keep everything that's kind of like in the same range of hues and saturation. And so that color comes from, because I saw one of the clips that you shared about how neons work, and it depends upon the noble gas and the element of the of the periodic kind of table that's inside the tube, right? Yeah. And it gets really interesting because when you start mixing that with colored glass, they all start to turn different mm -hmm. colors. It's like you can get really crazy with you know, different combinations depending on what glass you use and what color tube that you use. You put them together and you bombard them and then you light them up and then it's like this really cool color that comes out. <laughs> yeah, well, they're absolutely beautiful. And so what's the order time in terms of the production at the moment? Because I know you're overrun with orders. Rockets, we actually had to stop taking orders for just because it's just been like so insane in terms of demand and the you know, risk factor that it's currently going into it. And then we have like this huge lead time on chips because overseas, you know, nobody's making chips anymore. Car manufacturers are having trouble getting chips for their cars. And it's just like you're seeing 19, 24 weeks worth of lead time just to get like a batch of 50 chips in for something that's not even related to an automobile. So we have fun doing a lot of different things. It's just right now it's overwhelming because we're going through the middle of the second bull run. We have no yeah. chips and we're also yeah. trying to, we don't want to just get something out to get it out. We want to get it out and have it working and make sure that it works and make sure that it's like 100% to our specs because we don't want to just call it a day and then be like, good sure. luck, have fun. You know, like <laughs> there are a lot of companies out there that don't even strive on customer service. They'll just like ignore you. And it's the most frustrating thing in the world. Yeah. So we're trying to be better than that and actually respond to people in a somewhat respectable manner and get them all sorted and situated on top of building the things that we're building. Um, mm. We really could use a small studio with a team at this point, but it's, you know, this whole world is broken at the moment and we're, have to wait it out so <laughs> yeah yeah and so it's just that there's just the two of you there's you and m1 right yes yeah it's just the two of us right now <laughs> and so how did you how did you both get together and get into this 
So I was living on the Southwest Coast at the time and I was going through a really hard relationship and we ended up splitting and I had some friends that lived in the Northwest area and basically those friends who were up there, I played World of Warcraft for like eight years with and they were my guildies. So we went to like multiple BlizzCons with each other and hung out multiple years and we would always like get these rooms and like there'd be like 30 of us in this one hotel room. It was insane. <laughs> and they were like, so why don't you just come up here? I'm just like, fuck it. Okay. So I basically got a U-Haul truck and I sold everything that I had except for what would fit in this tiny U-Haul and Classic. lugged my ass up the West Coast. And I went to go hang out with them. And I started pinging a friend of mine. And I was like, where the hell have you been? I haven't seen you in forever. What are you up to? He's like, oh, guess where I live? You're like five minutes from me. I'm like, oh, okay, so let's go for lunch or something because why not? I'm used to meeting people on the internet anyway. So we went <laughs> for lunch and that was kind of like all she wrote. You know, it's it was kind of a happy ending. <laughs> and so how long ago was this that you... This was like three years met? ago. Three years so, ago. Yeah. And, uh, and now you make this just totally badass craft and you're overrun with orders. Um, yeah. Is this the... Is this the day job is, or is this just a side project at the moment for you guys? My day job is kind of like a hybridized version of this. And I do 3D animation slash model design and VR, AR applications type of stuff. So like everything that like you see in here with oh. like this, like you could turn the lights on and off and my avatar I designed. And yeah. And so your avatar's good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's um, like I've, I, I've, the first time I've had a conversation with an avatar like this, but your expressions <laughs> are able to, um, you know, to portray the body language that you might be expecting from. An yeah, I actually image. have a, a face tracker, so it will track like my eye movements and my mouth movements and everything, but I don't have it set up right now. I only got it in like the other day. I've been procrastinating doing it just because it's not on a priority list right now. What is on the priority list at the moment? getting through the rest of these orders and then kind of hopefully chilling out now that the nice weather is around the corner. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So in terms of the other things on the shop, uh, you've also got a few collectibles, like some enamels. Oh yeah. Uh, the, the 3d printer, the 3d printer stuff. Trinkets. Yeah. Those are adorable. So you're into your 3d printing as well. Oh yeah. We have like four machines that help us with the wedges and the coasters and Dope. all that good stuff. What are the printers that you use? We use CNC Delta <laughs> machines. So they're like okay. super tall. This way, right. um, yeah, if you need the height, we need it. But typically we don't. We only make things that are like probably this big. But the machine is like this big. But it's cool to have the option to make bigger things if you want to. And it's easier to calibrate those machines when they're all the same also instead of dealing with like six different calibrations for six different machines also. And and so which of the kind of 3D printed product is the hottest at the moment? Uh, the wedges and the coaster guys are the top the, two. I like the banshee pins and to, the, and to these kind of enamel pins as well. They're pretty dope. We print the wedges out of wood filament and then we sand them down and then we stain them. So it kind of makes it look like it's real wood. That's why we call it faux wood. Um, <laughs> but it's cool because it absorbs the stain like really well on any color that we use. So essentially, if we wanted to expand the colors on that, it wouldn't be an issue. And you're doing all the production from your garage at the moment, right? Yeah. Right. And it gets really cold in there during the winter. So it's like... <laughs> yeah. 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 And so what's the chances of being able to expand out to a studio? What's the time frame? Are you 
Are you thinking seriously about that? Um, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know if we want to stay where we are currently for the rest of like the next four years. And it's like yeah. all the leases out here, you need to have at least a three to four year lease in these huge commercial buildings. Gotcha. And nobody will ever rent out to you for like a year or two. And neither one of us like being locked down into one space. It's kind of just, you know, you can't pick up your shit and go. You have to actually worry about the other three years and who's going to move in and take your spot if anybody. So that's kind of the big hurdle right now. It is a bit of a time commitment, isn't it? You know, getting locked in for four years. So you said that before this, and so this kind of love of neon came from some time in New York. Yes. Yes. Where there was a lot of neon. Oh yeah. You go down any street, there's neon anywhere in the window. You have like Chinese restaurants, Vietnamese restaurants, you go down Times Square, it's all nothing but neon. And it's just, it's one of those things where you walk down and your eyes are instantly drawn to it, especially the red ones, because people's eyes are instantly drawn to the color red. And it's just weird being in such like a tech savvy world. And at the time I was like, well, why isn't there something that's related to Bitcoin? There's got to be Bitcoin people in New York, because if it's not in New York, it's, you know, they don't exist type of thing. That's the saying that we have over there. If you can't find it in New York, it doesn't exist. So, yeah, that's kind of where the inspiration came from was New York. Cool. Yeah, there's something Blade Runner-esque about neon signs as well. They just, uh, they're quite romantic. (laughs) They're cool as fuck. (laughs) And it's such a lost art too. It's tragic that nobody wants to take the time to make them anymore. But I understand why, because there is a lot of finesse that goes into them and glass breaks and then you're sitting there wondering why you couldn't make the letter E for the day because the letter E is the most difficult letter in the alphabet to actually do on a neon sign. Is um, it? Yeah. I'm having a look at the Bitcoin accepted here ones at the moment, and I can see that these do look a bit challenging. I recently read an article about this Portuguese museum in Lisbon that's starting to accumulate the city's old neon signage. Uh, which has sort of tragically, as you said, become a bit of a lost sort of historical thing with the closure of all these businesses and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's been some classic, beautiful European sort of neon signage that um, that they've got together, and it, it, look, it looks it looks beautiful. I know there are a few places in the world that do this. Like, there's isn't there a place in kind of Las Vegas or something where you can yeah go the and, neon graveyard place? That's like what I like to call it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I don't no, know what the actual one. name is, but that's but yeah, what I related that. to. <laughs> have you been there? Yeah, I have, and we went at night, and it was all lit up and everything. It was freaking awesome. That sounds cool. I'd love to go to one of these places and have a look. You should totally go there. to that one if you live near there, or if you're ever in the area. Well, you should totally crazy. go to the Lisbon one as well, um, which which <laughs> I need, looks. I need to go sick. back to the East Coast first before I go anywhere. But yes, I will keep that in mind, hundred percent, when we can of course, actually of course, leave when we can the states travel. over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you planning to get to Miami? Is this uh, are you going to be able to make it there? No, I'm not going this year. Oh. I'm as much as I wanted to. I think it's going to have to wait till next year. I'm trying to be somewhat responsible with myself, especially if I'm going to go home and see my grandparents and my family afterwards. If I'm already going that way, uh, it's better just to go over there instead of to Miami. Uh, we actually were supposed to have a booth at the Bitcoin conference in Los Angeles, but that changed as well as everything else. So Mm. it'll have to wait till next year. (laughs) 
It would be so cool, though, to see your signage at the conference. Like People are just kind of drawn to it, particularly that orange color. It's just everything that is going to float people's boat, I think. So my signage won't be there, but the ducks will be there. My friend Annalise and Rome down there, um, Bitbasil, and their VR universe thing that they host have a whole bunch of the Satoshi ducks that I sent cool. them. And they'll be handing out info and stuff like that. And if you want to, if you're going, uh, yeah, you could find them there. Play with. Them. I'm hoping to go. I've got a ticket, but it depends on if Joe Biden will actually let us in because at the moment we're not allowed in, right? Until May seventeenth. Yeah. And so fingers crossed. I haven't yet got the flight because it's just uh, too much uncertainty. But if we get the green light, I'll get a flight and. Uh, trust me, I, I want to go out. I want to go out and do things um, and hang out with people and socialize. I actually used to be like a total introvert. And so if you asked me this like four years ago, I probably would have said, no, I'm going to stay home and dabble around on the computer some. But <laughs> yeah, I, I want to go out and hang out with people. It's just not ready for that yet. It's like when the movie theaters open, people are like, hey, you want to go see a movie? Uh, no, I don't want to go to the movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you think that this kind of Bitcoin thing has and so has kind of changed you? Talked about the concept of personal change there. It has changed me. I think it's not just changed me. I think it's changed everybody in the way that they look at things. Um, yeah. In terms of inflation and self-governance and being able to be actually in control of something that you own for once. You know, a lot of mm. people don't feel like they have body anatomy or, and they don't ever feel like they're in control of anything. So this gives people an opportunity to actually feel that way, which is great because there's nothing worse than being dictated by something or somebody who says, no, you can't do this or you're not allowed to do this. It's like, well, hell yeah, I can do this. <laughs> you can't, <laughs> can't, do, can't do anything about it. So yeah, I think it, it, it's going to give people the freedom to be free in the future, which is great because we're all suckered in by working for somebody nine to five every day. And it's just tragic. And if you just keep on investing in something, I think that if you believe in it, it'll pay off in the long run. Oh, hey, yeah, that, yep. that makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we've, it feels like we've not been trusted with the real money until now, you know? No, of course not. <laughs> no, we've just been given the plastic cups. You um, go to a bank and you take out five grand. They're going to ask you what it's for. Oh, you're God. just like, what? I'm like literally so changing the suspension on my car. Does it matter? <laughs> I have to ask, miss. Well, okay. Just, you just, have a nice day, sir. I don't care. It's it, It's so painful to ask for permission to use your own goddamn money. Right? Yeah. Like, fuck you. I'll never forget going and visiting friends in different states before I had cash on me and we I went to go deposit like $500 or something like that. And they're like, where did this money come from? I mean, what are you talking about? They just pay me back for dinner. What does it matter? Like, mm. <laughs> you know, you go to dinner with somebody and you pay for everybody at the table. It's easier just to pay like on your card and have people pay you back like at a different point. And that's exactly what that was. And they're just so concerned that this money is coming from someplace where it's not. It's just ridiculous. Anyway, that was my little tangent for just now. <laughs> no, I mean, it's all about the tangents. And the money has just really changed on us. Like, I used a cash machine today for the first time in ages. And uh, it had a sign on it saying that their their cash was kind of COVID-free. 
because it's been in quarantine for 72 days or something or uh, whatever, 72 hours, I don't know, in some treatment thing. Like, what the fuck has happened to us? <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's just I mean, all, all you really bizarre. need is like a little oven with a UV light in it, and that would accomplish the same thing, placebo effect, right? So, <laughs> yeah, UV light. Yeah, yeah. I saw that movie that that COVID twenty two movie. What was it called? Bird Song. Did you see that yet? I have not seen that. It's pretty. It's pretty capricious. It, it's got a. It sort of depicts a future that's possibly just around the corner in which COVID keeps coming back and everyone's got Amazon type delivery guys turning up and putting things into UV little kind of fridge boxes outside their homes that are kind of door to the outside and then a door to the inside and everything gets kind of UV treated as it goes through. Oh, wow. it's, it's, it's a weird life, but I mean, that is, that seems like that could happen so quickly as well. I like to call it the Adobe subscription fee because i think the shots are going to be yearly kind of like the flu shot so it's kind of like adobe has a <laughs> chat type of thing <laughs> you know because they get you with the subs every every month for their yeah photoshop illustrator stuff <laughs> although maybe the subs are better than the annual thing particularly on a bitcoin economy and so i bought a subscription to citadel 21 Ooh. which turned out to be a little bit more expensive as as the months have gone on <laughs> right <laughs> yeah hell yeah I, I need to be streaming sats like for content from now on rather than getting have, annual subscriptions you have to think about it this way it's like if you don't spend it then you're <laughs> you can't make progress so just think of yourself as one of the og spenders who are not afraid to use it as to what it was originally intended to be i've done true. the same too so true. you I, need to use it yeah do you consider yourself an og I do consider myself an OG. Um, I don't have any OG coins left. I wish I did, <laughs> but I have spent it on things like, you know, the old purse I owe, buying stuff off Amazon and part of the yeah. experience, I think. I, I think it also makes you value it, like really yeah. value it. Like yeah. once you realized how expensive that pizza was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, sorry, I haven't checked, but... In terms of you accepting kind of payment for your products on voltagegoat.com, is it in fear? Is there an option for fiat as well? Or There is. We don't want to let the little boys left behind. And I know there's some <laughs> kids out there who only have probably 50 bucks with their crypto and they see something on there and they're just like, well, crap, I don't want to spend my crypto and let me just give whatever. So they'll get like a, a pin or a wedge or something just to kind of feel like they could still, I don't, we don't want to alienate anybody just because sure. they're not willing to part with their, you know, digi goods. It's, uh, it's understandable. Um, yeah, it's so, understandable. Uh, yeah. It's, we're not, Completely. we're not mad about that at all. But and, and so you accept it all slave coin. Um, and the real deal. <laughs> it's mostly Bitcoin and Litecoin. Um, we use BTC Pay. They've been really cool with us. Um, so yeah, what they support. Cool. We don't do Doge or anything. That's a little. That's, that's jumping into the dangerous territory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not go there. <laughs> no, <laughs> let's not go there. <laughs> so yeah, if we could sort of go back a bit, just. Uh, 
and so you'd be for Bitcoin. And whether or not anything sort of predisposed you from your earlier life into this um, space. Actually, I used to play an old MMO, and it, that game MMO? actually taught me MMO, like multi massive player online game. This was before yeah, yeah, Warcraft. Yeah. Yeah. And it taught me a lot about because it taught me a lot about rare items and you know events that would happen that could possibly trigger other events because it was a role-playing game where the players are in control of the game and not the game masters itself so everything that happened in that game was because the players made it happen um so the economy in that game was really interested interesting and it was actually what triggered me to fall into this bitcoin rabbit hole because it taught me a lot about like rare items and items that came from a like historic events in that timeline that happened. Mm. And then later on, you know, we're talking 15, 20 years later, those items are still to this day very rare and hard to find because of events that happened in the past. So when I learned about Bitcoin at the time, I was kind of making the connection between what happened in that game during like middle and high school days to what could possibly happen in the real world. So that was Mm. really my link between the you know real asset and the digital asset i guess they're both technically digital assets but that was my neural connection between both of those it's kind of like a weird way of getting there but you know i'm sure there's worse (laughs) yeah yeah okay so so you were tuned into this um the value of you know of scarcity Yes. Yeah. I mean, that, that yeah. even happened in World of Warcraft, too. You have, like, all of these rare mounts in World of Warcraft and a sense of accomplishment when you start going from zone to zone in these mounts. And people are like, well, where the hell did you get that? And you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm an OG. I got that a long time ago. <laughs> so... I don't know. I come from the gaming background history. It's I've kind of, I'm kind of like a, a little bit of a queen of all trades. Got my feet dipped in every little part of what I can because I like to keep my mind going. Cool. Not the story you were probably expecting, but... I don't know what I was expecting. <laughs> I, I, uh, <laughs> and, and then how did you get this sort of love of um, this kind of paraphernalia on the site? Like, and, so, and so where did it emerge from? Like this Ukrainian, you know, kind of Nixie tube stuff. Like how did you discover it? I honestly didn't know about them up until three or four years ago when M1 showed me his clock collection because he has a lot of clocks that are made out of Nixie tubes. And we started hanging out and building things. And I was like, I'm looking at him and I'm just like sitting there, you know, I'm blinking, I'm blinking. I'm just like, okay, hold, hold up. How many tubes do you have right now? Could we just do something really cool? He's like, okay like with a question mark at the end just like okay just hear me out here how do we build a crypto nixie ticker he's like well Mm. that sounds pretty cool (laughs) what would it do i'm like well it would show the price of bitcoin because most people track bitcoin huh Mm. and that was kind of the end of it um you know like four prototypes later and we had a working board i think i still have a picture of the original prototype i can send you that too um, and then we made PCB on KiCad and populated the board and plopped them in. And that was kind of the end of the story with that. It's been around for the past couple of years now, the ticker, right? The one that we do is kind of been around for a year, but it's been a in year. prototype phase for like a year and a half probably. So 
But yeah, yeah the, the one that you see has been around for about a year. There are some similarities or there are some points of commonality with the block clock, coin kites kind of block clock at the moment, right? Which has been an item of, you know, incredible desire for Bitcoiners <laughs> over the last six months. I imagine you've seen some surge in interest as a result of interest in the block clock, perhaps? Was it, would, that, would that be fair to say? Um, I think ours in the block clock kind of differ in different ways. I think there's just really do, cool yeah. in terms of interests. I don't really know where most of these people come from because I don't really care to keep track of their uh, like website stuff. Like I'm very sure. privacy focused and stuff like that. So I'll wipe the database every month or two of stuff that we've cleared out entirely just because I don't need another ledger issue happening on our site. Mm. You know? So mm. um I know that some people have mentioned that they have a block clock and that's where they came from, um, you know, uh, but in terms of in terms of interest, it's usually word of mouth, obviously. Word of mouth, from, uh, okay. From- I mean, I've noticed that the block clock thing uh, in the last month, people have switched on to Moscow time, right? Which seems to have gone very viral. Is it possible for your tickers to display Moscow time as well? We actually don't have a clock on ours. Ours is purely 100% just a ticker based. So you could switch it to a different type of coin, which would have to be hard coded into the the, the chip that's on there. Mm-hmm. But because we don't have a clock on the device itself, it kind of be a little bit difficult. <laughs> so it, it's not a clock. It's just a sats per dollar number. It's, it's 100% a USD or European price ticker that updates every second. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Right. Because yeah. it'd be amazing to switch it to the Moscow time. So you just get this kind of countdown to dollar sat parity. Just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe version two will have a clock on it, but the current boards that we have right now don't have a real time clock um, spot on it for the chip. So right now it's just tickers, but uh, mm. we have to get through a lot of other stuff before we start thinking about version two, <laughs> like how to manage all of this stuff coming in as two people and hopefully being able to handle it this year. Smiley face. <laughs> it sounds very much like you guys need to expand. Yeah, it's kind of a complicated <laughs> issue, but I agree with you 100%. <laughs> It'd be good to speak to you a bit more about your kind of privacy um, you know, kind of perspective. It's clear that privacy is really important to you. It'd be great to hear about the reasons why and about what uh, what you do to maintain it. Reasons? I'm just a very private person in general. I don't use Facebook. Instagram is only for goat stuff. I don't like the fact that people feel like that they can post anything that they want on the internet about them, friends, their family, or their kids without feeling like it's not being against, use them against them in some way. Mm. I'm, I've always kind of been like the person who sits their back to the wall and kind of observes and watches people and their body language and what they do with their hands and what direction their eyes are going. I I like to think of myself as as a very observational person and I'm no different like that on the internet. And I think it's really important to not make yourself available for data to people online because I feel like it's going to come back at you in one way or another. I mean, um, yeah, I, I have this really 
interesting quote and it's kind of morbid, but I, I always tell people it's like you're always the villain in some somebody else's story, whether you want it to be whether you want to be or not. So mm. it's like, you know, it's just something to always keep aware of um, in the back of your head, at least for yeah. me. You know, it probably sounds really paranoid, but I like to I like to live off the grid in some ways. I don't mind doing interviews like this. This is fine. But like, as you could see, like I'm here in VR, not like on a camera because <laughs> it's easier to kind of like portray different aspects without completely giving yourself away at the same time. So. It, it, it's interesting. I mean, there's a lot to talk about there. I mean, I, I've been feeling recently like the whole social media thing, like with kind of Facebook and Instagram stuff, it's just about people wanting to kind of trigger each other. And so people are inadvertently just kind of triggering each other left, right, and center right now. There seems to be such a lot that people are divided upon. Um, yeah, and that social media's only purpose is to, you know, incendiarize that in some way. Yeah, and it's not even just that. And people like to talk about themselves all the time. And it's just like if you watch somebody and listen to somebody enough, you like you could find out everything about them probably within a week just by reading their posts. And mm-hmm. that's what's scary. That's weird. Like, I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> Who would want that? Why would you want somebody to know everything about you? I mean, given mm-hmm. what I've told you on here, it's, it's fine. Like, I could be anywhere. I could even be lying right now. I could be in Canada for all you know. <laughs> so that's it's true. like, you know, yeah. um, it's just a matter of perspective and looking out for yourself because there are cameras that watch you and track your license plate wherever you go. And it's... It's a weird world that we live in, and it's scary. You don't want to end up with China where there's a rating system based upon how many upvotes yeah. or downvotes you get on your social media point towards the government. And it's like, okay, <laughs> you have fun with that. <laughs> I don't want any part of it. I, I, I totally hear you. I mean, I was. I think all of us were getting quite nervous about the vaccine passport as you know something that seemed to be looming over our heads. Uh, I had a friend that's recently just got back from India and... They've assured me that the journey, it, it looks like no one's paying attention to vaccine passports, um, yeah. which is a relief. Um, it's hard to know what is can real and what is not real. And so sometimes we, I think maybe we antagonize each other with the fears about you know, privacy. But uh, the fact is our governments are actually really incompetent. Uh, oh, 100%. Thankfully. All they care about is money. They don't care about anything else as long as there's something to line their pockets for these pointless wars. Instead of funding education and people who are hungry, they would rather send another troop into a country that they have no business being in. So, it's, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's, it's sad. Are you kind of de-Googled? Are you, you know, using only open source kind of software? Are you, and so how far into this privacy rabbit hole are you in terms of your daily use? I'm not like Jameson lot privacy. I'm just, I just don't talk about things unless I feel like I really need to type of private person. I don't post pictures of myself online. I'll post pictures of things that I do. I don't post where I go or, or pictures of the food that I'm eating or the people I'm hanging out with or conversations of other people. It's just like, I just want to go in my garage and or on the computer and build something. I, I don't really care for all that type of drama. And so privacy is, um, it's not that you're, it's not that you have anything to hide, but you just, there's no point in broadcasting everything to everybody, right? Yeah, exactly. 
are you are you down the sort of de-Androided or de-iPhoned kind of Apple rabbit hole? You, I have an iPhone only because it uses mocap um, data for to track the depth of my face when I'm doing animations with. Uh, other than that, I don't really have a need for it, but I have to okay. have a phone. So if I'm going to have one, it's going to be the one that is helping me do other things at the same time. I had an Android for a really long time and I liked it because I could jailbreak it and do whatever I wanted on there. Uh, yeah. I could probably do that with the iPhone still. I haven't really had a need to jailbreak my iPhone again for a really no. long time. It's been a crazy time for Bitcoin in the past few months. Things have been getting pretty heady, pretty high. There's been a lot of excitement. How have you been coping with the, uh, the highs and the lows? It's just another day. Uh, you have all these new people who are in and probably invested at the top and they're just kind of freaking out right now. But when you've been watching this for nine years, it's kind of, you're kind of like Mr. Bean on a roller coaster, just like, okay, mm, this is fine. <laughs> and so you're pretty zen about everything. I try to, ironically enough, with the amount of tickers that we have going at one time, I try not to look at the price every day because I don't think it's really healthy to do so. And it kind of wears off on you after a while. Uh, I I only really look at it if I'm testing to see if the power works and if it's connecting to the Wi-Fi. After a certain amount, other than that, I'll I'll turn it off and then get it out of the room because otherwise I get nothing done. And so how many of these, uh, how many of these kind of tickers do you have around the garage at the moment? Uh, they're made to order, so it's not really a stock thing. It's yeah. an assembly line issue at the moment. Um, yeah. But uh, I think we have materials to finish this current batch, and then it's going to be another queue issue like with the Rockets is. So, um, yeah. And you mentioned that... You were getting some of these kind of Nixie tubes from the Ukraine. Yeah. Um, we have some connections in the Ukraine and Russia. And basically, these are guys who go scouting out for old like electronics that they used to be part of. And that's their whole thing is just collecting these in bulk. So uh, we that's where we get most of them from because you can't find them here. The U.S. used to make tubes called Burroughs. And they're right. really big. They're probably like, they're like a little bit bigger than a Coca-Cola can. But yeah. those are like $400 a tube and you multiply that by eight. So that's, you know, at least $3,200 just in tubes, not including the electronics or anything else. So we try to stay away from that. I had a question come in from someone about whether or not you might be able to use the tubes in a valve amp and have it still functional as an amp. Would that be something you, you guys might be able to do? I don't know. That would be a question for M1, honestly. He's more okay. of the deep diver with that type of stuff. I just kind of make things look pretty and <laughs> get them going and stuff like that. He's a lot of the code monkey schematic stuff and more of like the product designer, graphic designer type of, you know, prototype phaser tinkerer type of person. But he does a lot of the hard carrying while I am right. more of the face and... um hey, we should do this type of thing. Do it. <laughs> so yeah. it's an interesting dynamic that we have. <laughs> and so you're more into the aesthetic. and I am very to... much into the aesthetic. I'm very right. much into like the, you know, assuming that this was a ticker. I'm more into like, here, let me 
take this and bring it into VR type of thing, right? It's, um, I like the concept and the prototype building of the concept more than actually the circuitry itself, because that stuff is, while I understand it, I don't have the patience for it. And he does. So mm. we work together and I kind of do like all of the, the grunt work in terms of sanding and powder coating and all of the dirty stuff. Well, he does the thinker stuff. So combined with our two powers combined, you get voltage goat type of thing. Cool. <laughs> Inter-Captain Planet here. And I mean, I understand <laughs> if you didn't want to talk about this or, or preferred not to, but... Um, and so are you incorporated? Are you like kind of official as a kind of fiat company? Or we is have it an LLC. Project? For, an LLC. We have an LLC okay. for tax purposes. We're not we're not here yeah. to like, you know, rob the government of anything. We just want to <laughs> build things and have fun. Well, anybody but, can have an LLC. Yeah, you can be a one person show and have an LLC here in the States. It's really to protect you and the company. Um, right. But I wouldn't say we're big if you're just two people in a garage with a dog so <laughs> you're having fun because i think there are some little groups and projects where people are looking to to base it in bitcoin only therefore there is no incentive to do the incorporation as a company necessarily it's a whole new it's a whole new kind of entity isn't it as a as a group as a collaboration one that yeah. could potentially not engage with the fiat banking system yeah, but then you kind of alienate everybody else. Like I had this discussion with him one before. I'm just like, well, why don't we just do Bitcoin only and say forget the rest of them? He's like, well, then you alienate everybody else. Like what if somebody who doesn't have Bitcoin really likes Bitcoin and the concept of it, but they don't have any? Like how do you, how do they get your stuff? Mm. And it's like, well, we don't want to exclude everybody just because they're not willing to part with, you know, coins and stuff like that. We want to sit on your shelf and yeah. have you look at things and be like, wow, this is kind of cool and talk about it and touch it and show it to other people and it's well so maybe we, we, and, and so with platforms like this kind of strike people won't necessarily need to be able to have the bitcoin to buy but they could still be supporting a bitcoin only mm -hmm. business yep. um i think this is going to cause a bit of reassessment of i mean it, it's it's it is such a headache to to incorporate and to have a business bank account and to do everything like that the government says you have to do as a mm -hmm. business. Yeah. So we do what we can for now. And, you know, when the time, if the time ever comes that we don't need to do that, then it's fine. But we already, you know, took what, maybe a couple hours to have somebody else do it for us. And mm. it's not that expensive mm. to do here. So it's no. it's worth it. If, if you're really passionate about something, I'd say it's worth it. Yeah. If you're trying to say, yeah. you know, fuck the government, then that's fine you can do that too but you know <laughs> cool and so what's on the horizon for you guys have you got any new pro i mean obviously the, the the main issue is trying to get through the back orders because your team is 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 kind of such a small one and whether or not you can expand you know to meet um, those but um have you got any new designs coming up have you got any new products we do yeah we do um you ever been to new york yeah in grand central you know those displays on the wall where it tells you what trains are coming in and they start flicking the flip displays? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have those and we also have flip dot displays. Um, those are currently in flip prototype. Flip dot displays. Yeah. 
They're okay. currently in prototype form and they're really loud and they're really annoying. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to have to figure out how to either, either put those in an enclosure to where they're not as loud or put a giant red flag on the site that's like, this is loud, don't leave it in your bedroom type of thing. So it's right. going to be cool. So this is cool. I mean, and, and so you've got a lot on your plate. You know, you're really kind of struggling perhaps to meet all the orders that you've got, but you've still got new product designs and new things that are coming out. That's that's awesome. Yeah, we well, have to you have to look at other things. It's like walking into a house nose blind, right? It's like mm. you just start to, you have to start working on other things and otherwise it's the same thing ever over and over and again every day. And that's the definition of crazy to me, to us, sure. both of us. So yeah, I, I get the impression that it would be it would be really good for you guys to expand and uh, people to, to to see more of your products. And, yeah. We're hoping to get more family involved one day and keep it kind of like a little close knit thing. Otherwise, mm. people start to ask questions and they see Bitcoin and they're like, well, how much Bitcoin do you have? And your answer is not enough. And it's just like this whole, <laughs> you know, you know how that goes with people, I'm sure. It's, just, yeah. it's easier to keep it really close knit than to expand yeah. into other territories to where it could get potentially dangerous. <laughs> so, yeah, you have to tread a thin line and you have to develop some trust with people. Yeah, for sure. Cool. And, and and so when and so what's the timeline for these new products, do you think? Um he just finished the first prototype, like I think yesterday for it. So it's all on a board and the board is mounted on something and it looks good. And I don't know if we're gonna keep it on that particular mount. Um, and we have to re reverse engineer another circuit board that's going off of because it's an older board off the older, you know, mechanics of what mm -hmm. the stations used to use. So we have to put that onto a new board because um, right now it's only sitting at six digits and we need eight. So that's kind of a problem. You need eight. But what happens if we go if we go over eight? The sense drop off. <laughs> the <sense> drop <laughs> then off. you have whole yeah. numbers. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> That's fair enough. Because, you, you, I mean, you certainly do have to think about these things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, is there anything else um, that we haven't talked about that you'd like to uh, that you'd like to let people know? No, I think we're good. I just want to encourage people to keep on doing things and making things and trying to push forward through these insane times that we're in. And even if you don't feel like that you're capable of doing something, at least try and do something no matter what it is. Like take a piece of paper, draw on a napkin. Uh, get a canvas and throw stuff at it. Doesn't have to be paint. Doesn't have to be pretty. Just kind of do something and create and create something and be free. There is no structure to art whatsoever, and it's okay if something doesn't look like it's supposed to. That's called working as intended. <laughs> it's the way it's yeah. supposed to be. So, and so yeah, all of the items that you do are a little bit different, right? There's no two of them are exactly the same. That's correct. Uh, That's they correct. they look the same, but if you start taking like measurements and stuff like that, they're not the same because each tube, for instance, is blown by a different person. They're all different exactly. heights and different shapes. So, uh, it's, yeah. There's yeah. something very beautiful about that. You know, it's, it's like the antithesis of of the kind of production line. Thank you. We appreciate <laughs> that. There's a lot of work that goes into it. So it's always awesome hearing feedback on stuff like that. 
We actually really enjoy the pictures that people send more than anything because we put it in like this little personal album that we have and print them out and, <laughs> and stuff. So I'm, I'm going to get one of these sort of signs ordered um, and uh, I'll hopefully be able to see one of the Nixie tickers quite soon as well in real life because um, I think that's what it's all about really. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to leave it there. And so thank you very much for coming on. It's been great to talk to you. Cool. Well, thanks for having us. Hope Pleasure. Having me. See ya. Hours of sleep trying to avoid the nightmare.